Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. When you're watching the news here in 2022, it is very hard not to feel like absolutely everything has hit rock bottom. However, as they say, you can be the change. The one thing you can change is yourself. And that is why by heading to British-Boxers.com, you can buy an array of excellently comfy underwear, casual wear and PJs to make sure your derriere is very unrock-like in any way. I mean, you know, unless you want it to be through like years and years of hench squats and stuff like that. And then in which case, you can at least put your slab butt in nice pants because... Hey, it probably needs a rest with your hectic workout schedule and watching the news at the same time. British boxers are ethical pioneers of affordable luxury and also will not remotely judge or indeed ask for the granite quality of your rear when you order. Even better, if when you're at checkout you use the code PARPOLBRO, then you'll get a sweet 15% off whatever you buy. British-Boxers.com because you may as well sit comfortably on your rubble bubble while watching absolutely everything else collapse. Hello and welcome to the Partly Political Broadcast, the comedy politics podcast that wants to throw its hat into the ring too. Not for the Tory leadership contest, but for the hat wrestling championships. There are far fewer bastards there. I'm Tina Duyeb and this week as the somehow still Prime Minister and cross between a jelly baby and an uncleaned rabbit hutch Boris Johnson resigns but also doesn't, I am surprised as I thought he'd say it wasn't working out and insist on an Irish goodbye. As they say, a week is a long time in politics. Something that I take to mean that politicians definitely are from another plane of reality and it explains why so many of them still think it's the Victorian era. This time last week, Boris Johnson, like if someone breadcrumbed a tardigrade, was Prime Minister. And yet, just a week later, everything has changed. And, well, he's still Prime Minister. And sure, that might seem thoroughly unremarkable if you'd spent all of last week with your head in the sand, which, if you have, I wouldn't like to know how irritated your eyes must be and how sunburnt your ass is. Sounds like a very uncomfortable week, but hey, I won't question your choices. While you beach-chomped, Johnson was indeed dethroned, and now he's just sitting there in number 10 like a lump, keeping it warm and potentially slightly damp for the next new worst person for the job. We are currently in the absolutely terriblest of times where somehow we haven't yet got rid of the Spaffer horror film that is the Prime Minister, but in the distance we can see currently 11 candidates that bring equal, if not even more, concern. 
Boris Johnson is indeed one of the worst human beings to ever exist, and yet it's only now we realise he was the wet wipe island encasing all of the horrific shit that forms the Conservative Party. And now as he falls apart, the far-right fascist flotsam of human effluviant is spilling out on its own, and somehow, I mean unimaginably, it seems worse. It is a trait, nay a skill, of the Tories that you might really loathe the party leader, and yet when they leave, they'll somehow manage to find someone even worse. After Johnson, I was expecting maybe, I mean, where could they go? Skeletor, Vecna, the ghost of Enoch Powell, or every band member of Nickelback working as one. But no, it is way, way worse than that. It could be Suella Braverman, who's a bit like if Hitler possessed a Muppet. Out of the No Emotions 11, she is the equal worst with, uh, well, all of them. In fact, picking a new favourite Conservative leadership candidate is not unlike trying to look at the pros and cons of the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse to see who might be best suited to babysit your kids. Boris Johnson's downfall, I mean, if you can call it that, when he hasn't yet fallen anywhere and has instead stayed exactly where he is, sort of fermenting until he can be removed. Johnson's downfall, it started, well, uh, probably at birth, to be honest. But I mean, the current very, very slow, long overdue downfall began after it had emerged that the Prime Minister had indeed known about the allegations against Chris Pincher, the man who makes Mr Tickle look like a Mormon. And then Boris Johnson gave him a job anyway. Because, let's face it, in the current Conservative Party, someone who grabs what they can and expects no consequences is the ideal candidate to whip the rest of the party who have exactly the same ethos about everything. But for some reason, the Prime Minister knowing about the allegations of Chris Pincher and still hurrying him was the straw that the camel pretended broke its back because fixes had paid it to drop at that point with the promise of opportunity. It wasn't the corruption, it wasn't the letting 180,000 people die, it wasn't the lying to the Queen, the unlawfully proroguing Parliament, the breaking of national law, the sewage in all of the rivers, the fucking over the farmers, all of Brexit going wrong, or the threatening to break international law. No, it was the sexual harassment allegations that they'd all heard about years ago but just decided to have principles about now while ignoring all the other 55 MPs also accused of similar things. Who can say, apart from maybe donors, newspaper moguls and everyone else that actually owns the Conservative Party, just why the winds change now? Had the monumental pile of evidence against Johnson finally reached a height that it was obscuring the view of power for others and, you know, had probably started to whiff? First, Rishi Sunak, like if you designed an AI with the personality based on the stock exchange and placed it in the body of a small alpaca, he resigned from his position of Chancellor on the Tuesday. At the same time, Sajid Javid, aka Stewie from Family Guy, has tried a free data-stealing ageing app. He resigned as Health Secretary. Sunak's letter said he was leaving because the government should be conducted properly, competently and seriously, which would only have been admirable if he'd added, and as part of the reason why it doesn't, I need to fuck off forever. Sajid Javid said he could no longer in good conscience continue serving in the government, which makes you wonder at what point he gained one of those. Did he use all of the tax he dodged with his non-dom status to perhaps buy one? Or maybe he was visited by at least three of the ghosts of all those people he told to live with a virus that killed them. It's hard to say, but over the next few days, many, many ministers resigned from their posts, citing reasons that had never, ever bothered them before, while happily serving and defending a prime minister that even Al Capone would likely have called a massive piece of lying shit. MPs like Lee Anderson, a man violently whittled out of a pile of the insides of chicken nuggets, who has previously said that there should be camps to put poor people in, wouldn't watch England play because they took the knee, and blame the BBC for a witch hunt because they reported Conservative MPs demanding a no-confidence vote in Johnson, him, yes him, spam Frankenstein, or Frankenstein's monster for you purists, he said he had to resign as integrity must come first. I mean, it's impossible to write a joke that will be better than that, so just enjoy it for a second, as it may be the funniest thing I've ever heard. 
Boris Johnson refused to resign, though, and it seemed for a while that we were days away from the entire government being run by just one man. And of course, he still wouldn't have bothered to turn up to Cobra meetings. I was wondering if it'd be like one of those weird documentaries where they'd have to remove a wall and lift him out by harness attached to a crane, like a hilariously sad recreation of his famous zipwire photo. The Prime Minister said that he had to stay as he had a 14 million mandate, which is worrying as that's an awful lot of lovers for him to pass public contracts onto after he shags them. He reshuffled the cabinet so Stephen Barclay, the world's most forgettable man, became health secretary and Dr Robot Dick Nadim Zawahi was made chancellor because I suppose if he's looking after the nation's finances, he'll have far less time to fiddle his own. But then after appointing those ministers, a bunch of MPs told Johnson he had to go, including Nadim Zawahi, who obviously decided to wait until he'd been in the post a full day so he could grab that paycheck to ward off HMRC. Until there's a ministry for corruption and carpetbagging, Zawahi will never find a real home in government. While rats left the sinking ship but hung around nearby to clamber back on board the remains as soon as the captain was dead and they could feed on his flesh, Boris Johnson had to face the liaison committee. The government collapsed on the outside, but inside the Prime Minister himself appeared to collapse, or rather deflate like a poorly made cheesecake. He was barely able to answer questions, which I suppose is no change from the usual, except normally he'd have shouted something about what he'd achieved, even if he hadn't, and this time it was like hearing a cassette die in the player. For younger people, that's sort of... No, don't worry about it. Johnson blamed the culture of sexual misconduct in Parliament on some people not being able to handle their drink, which is surely an admittance that he can't either, or all of his sexual misconduct was done knowingly. He admitted to meeting former KGB officer Alexander Lebedev without any officials present, though to be fair, nothing is more likely to ruin Russia than relying on Johnson to help them with anything. And it seemed that he was considering a general election to save his position, as though the public would definitely vote for him while watching even his own MPs who had previously attached tongue first to his boots, now scarpering. Michael Gove told Johnson that he had to go, which must be like being shouted at by a recently removed skin tag. In retaliation, the Prime Minister fired him before Gove could resign, which ironically is the first time this government has managed any levelling up at all. A small cabal of hardcore supporters stood by the Prime Minister, but everyone knew it was over when Nadine Dorries, who'd failed an IQ test by constantly asking where Stephen Fry was, she said she was behind Johnson 100%. And by Thursday, over 50 ministers had resigned, which is the most under any prime minister, proving that Boris Johnson is indeed world-leading in at least one way. There weren't enough ministers left to reshuffle the cabinet and it lay bare, with not even a civil servant able to run to the co-op with a suitcase to fill it up. Ever the conviction-free narcissist who wrote articles for both the Brexit possibilities, on Thursday Johnson said he would leave and then depressingly remained. His resignation speech outside number 10 just wasn't one really and instead focused on all the things he'd achieved. You know, getting Brexit done, which he hasn't, the vaccine rollout, which the NHS did and not him, and him helping in Ukraine, which he's mostly done by running away every time there was a scandal in the UK, and it basically made Ukraine safer because Russia wouldn't want to bomb an asset. He thanked the peerless civil service just weeks after saying he'd fire 91,000 of them, referred to Westminster as a herd, which works, I guess, with how much bullshit he'd contributed to it, and he ended by saying how sad he was to give up the best job in the world, even though he barely turned up to do it half the time. But them's the breaks, Johnson said, a US colloquialism that I think had some poignancy to it. Because... It is broken. All of it. Like, really fucking broken, and we can see the breaks, and wish he and the whole of Westminster would fall through them into lava so that we could start again. 
Nadine Dorries and Johnson's current wife, Carrie, looking like she might at any moment vomit food into her baby's mouth to feed it, they all stood together as though the children of corn had aged and gave expressions that may have been of relief that now they could all bone each other with less scrutiny. Or perhaps it was with sadness that it wouldn't be on a sofa so expensive and horribly designed that it would hide all of the stains. The contest for a new Tory leader now begins and Johnson will stay in place until they are chosen. A placeholder, a caretaker prime minister if you will, which obviously suits him as he upsets a lot of children, he blames everything on others meddling and he could easily be outwitted by a big dog. A real one that is, not like the big dog nickname he was given, which likely only ever referred to him shagging everything in sight and having terrible shit breath. A temporary cabinet has been put in place, filled with the very worst of people so that whoever takes over next will no doubt turn up to find, well, most things on fire, computers replaced by crude drawings and a brand new flat earth ministry using up all the funds. The temporary education secretary is James Cleverly, which is like having Winnie the Pooh as minister for keeping honey safe, or you know, Nadine Dorries as culture secretary. Worse, though, is Undersecretary of State of Education being given to Andrea Jenkins, a.k.a. Violet Beauregard on crack, who raised her middle finger to the crowds outside Number 10 last week, but defended it by saying they were obeying mob and she was only human. So that's two untruths right there. The crowd were largely people holding up pictures of their partners that had died of Covid, but then isn't flipping them the bird the general attitude the government's had to the bereaved from the pandemic anyway. And, you know, the pandemic in general. And, I guess, education. And also the NHS. I mean, you get what I mean. After Johnson's speech, Andrea Jenkins was heard shouting, He who laughs last laughs loudest, wait and see, which is an indication that Johnson will likely do a shitload of nitrous oxide on his last night at Downing Street while everyone else stands around him in silence and concern. It was revealed that Johnson may have been refusing to quit because he had wedding celebrations planned, presumably delayed ones from his marriage to Carrie, or could well be, I guess, whoever he's currently bonking just reckons things are going really well and he's already promised them a contract to run all of Britain's air. These celebrations were due to be at Chequers using public money, something James cleverly defended by saying people have wedding celebrations all the time, so I suggest if you're having one, do send the bill to him. It has now been moved to a different location, which I'm not certain is right, as if there was going to be booze, dancing and partying, doesn't that mean it was definitely a work event? I'm sure, I'm sure that's what they said. It is also in a strange way very comforting to know that by being Prime Minister of a zombie parliament that cannot achieve anything, Johnson is likely to achieve exactly the same amount as he has done during the entire rest of his tenure. That is three Prime Ministers taken down by Boris Johnson, so I suppose he is good at something other than, you know, losing ministers and maybe breeding. In order for the leadership election to start, the 1922 committee's elections had to happen first because the only way a small group of Conservative members is allowed to decide who runs the country is if a smaller group of Conservative ministers chooses who they can vote for in the first place. <laughs> Democracy is great. Currently, there are 11 leadership contenders, ranging from the ones people know and hate, like Rishi Sunak, Sajid Javid, or everyone's least favourite wind tunnel, Liz Truss, all the way to ministers who occasionally pop up to remind you just how fucking awful they are, like Kemi Badenoch, who's a bit like Susie Carmichael from Rugrats if she grew up to be the worst person you'd ever met, or Penny Morden, who's a cross between an ITV daytime show and a punch bag. There's Pretty, my favourite children's book is Heart of Darkness Patel, or Suella fucking Braverman if you want to elect someone whose ideology is that they wish you were dead. There's also utter pricks you'd hoped had fucked off forever, but have come back like startled weasel Jeremy Hunt, who's running on bringing back fox hunting because rather than help people afford to live again, he thinks it's best to allow them to chase and eat forest creatures in order to survive. Oh no wait, sorry, only rich people will be allowed to do that, but maybe they'll let the rest of us run alongside and have whatever the dogs leave behind. Anton Deck's dad, Tom Tugendhat, is running because he was a soldier and he knows how to control a country. That's right, through fear, violence and nicking all the valuable stuff. 
And then there's complete unknowns like Raymond Chisti, who has appeared from obscurity to launch his leadership campaigns with pictures that make it look like he's in the middle of having a difficult poo. Oh, and lastly, and definitely leastly, there's Grant fucking Shaps, like the withered skin of a cup of soup if it had even less of a backbone. So far, most of them are running on a platform of being transphobic, probably because they're very intimidated by anyone who knows what their identity actually is. Though Grant Shapps is the only one to say that actually, he thinks we should just let people get on with their lives. Which is a really good surprise, but then also quite at odds with every other way the Conservatives won't let people get on with their lives, like when they want to eat or not die of pneumonia, so it's quite hard to take seriously. Especially from a man who should identify as they, them, not because he's non-binary or gender neutral, but on account of him being at least two to three different people, depending on what internet scams he's running. The other area everyone is competing on is lowering taxes, though some candidates like Zawahi and Javid are miles ahead already by just not paying any themselves. There are already overly long vacuous videos featuring Sunak saying how he's from a family of immigrants, so that means that we will have to conclude he really fucking hates his parents and grandparents, and that's why he voted for the current Home Office policies. Or Penny Mordaunt's video, which felt either like a parody or an advert for paint, and included clips of murdered MP Joe Cox without her family's consent, and of Paralympic murderer Oscar Pistorius, as if to say that under Mordaunt, if she was leader, she'd definitely ensure more women were killed, which I suppose would appeal to quite a few Conservative voters. There are fevered pledges from Braverman about leaving the ECHR, probably because human rights really get in the way of the kind of leadership she wants. She's also complained that there are too many people in Britain who are of working age who are of good health choosing to rely on benefits. True, which is why you should cut MPs' salaries and expenses and stop them scrounging like that. Javid has been complaining that over the past few years the party's reputation on most values and policies has slid away, so he's going to be really upset when he finds out about prime culprit for a lot of that, Sajid Javid. Jeremy Hunt has promised he'll have peroxide attack dog Esther McVeigh as his deputy, which can't be a vote winner for anyone unless they're pleased to hear that she'll have to be somewhere every day and that will reduce their chances of bumping into her. Oh, and Liz Truss keeps posing for pictures that make it look like she died years ago. Apparently, the whole list will be reduced to just two contenders within the next 10 days, though that will sadly be through democratic process rather than some sort of squid game. I mean, I'd definitely watch that over a panel where 11 absolute arseholes tried to out-racist each other like the country is an episode of Rough Island. Candidates will need the backing of at least 20 MPs to run in the first place, which rules out quite a lot of them very quickly, especially Raymond Chishti, whose only supporter at the time of recording is himself, and even he seems quite unsure. Currently in most of the opinion polls, none of the above is winning the leadership race with the highest percentage followed by Don't Know, both of which I have to say would be my preferred choices too, though I worry Don't Know would avoid answering questions pretty much like the government usually do. It is a really terrible selection, it's like if you got a chocolate selection box only to find absolutely every option inside was a differently wrapped cat shit. Oh and one caramel bite which isn't as bad but is still awful. No one in this lineup is good enough to be the caramel bite though. Johnson may be gone, but I mean, well, he's not, like, not yet. He's still there like a grotesque lardy lichen. Whoever is leader next, though, will be as bad, if not, even though you thought it might not have been possible, worse. I mean, here's some hope for you, right, though. Johnson was Prime Minister for a shorter time than his predecessor and living statue, Theresa May. She was Prime Minister for a shorter time than her predecessor, deflated balloon David Cameron. So whoever's next will hopefully be in for even less time before their own party destroys them than the next one, then the next one, then the next one, until there's a new Conservative Party leader every two minutes and then they'll run out of ministers and someone else will just have to have a go. And now, just to work out how we all go somewhere else while that happens and the country collapses. 
In opposition news, Labour leader and that noise a car makes when it needs repairs but personified Keir Starmer and deputy leader and keyboardist for Gemma and the Holograms, Angela Rayner, were both cleared by Durham police for what was known as Beergate. It turns out the beer and the curry they had as part of a pre-arranged meeting during lockdown was work and not a fun event, something that we all knew because Starmer was there and so that would have been impossible. This means that he doesn't have to resign, something that will no doubt have upset not only the Conservative Party, but also Lego head Wes Streeting, who now have nowhere to put all that leader speech energy that he's had for weeks. Maybe pop your hat in the ring for the Tory one, Wes. I'm sure it would suit you fine. Starmer has been unveiling his big vision for the party over the last week, which is so big that, yeah, if you just squint, yeah, no, it's just there. Can, can you see it? Can you, can you see it? It's just there. Look, can you see it? Like, look really hard. No, you're, no, you're right. That is, that is a reflection. Oh, well. Well, so far, Starmer's plan has included uh, how to make Brexit work, which uh, has five steps, none of which include making it easier for people from abroad to come here. So I'm not sure who will actually do the work of Brexit working, and it'll probably just sit around till it rots and dies. Starmer has also pledged to remove charity school status from private schools and use the money to fund state schools, which is good and something from the 2019 manifesto that he said they'd definitely be ignoring. Perhaps, perhaps so, this is all a clever plan, right? You know, say like, you know, he's rejected the way Labour were and all of his pledges as leader and then do them anyway because no one looks at the things that happened more than a week ago. Starmer announced that the party's focus is the sort of nation that Britain can be and the sort of nation Labour wants it to be, which I think should align quite well somewhere in the region of being shit but not quite as shit as it is now and still a fair bit racist. Britain needs a fresh start, said Keir Starmer, and he is right. It's just that it needs a proper one where everyone involved in politics goes away and we start again from the very, very beginning. Maybe, though, maybe Labour will provide an alternative to the Conservatives, not least because if Suella Bravman becomes leader, she'll be so far right that being a sir who doesn't believe in democratic processes will seem left-wing in comparison. Maybe Keir Starmer is not boring. He's just tired. No, okay, maybe too, too much. Fine, I'll go back to hoping Westminster Palace collapses before they even start repairs. Across the world, former Japanese Prime Minister Abe Shinzo, who'd always reminded me of Yoda doing Elvis, was assassinated during a campaign rally before the national elections for the country's upper house of representatives. A truly, truly horrifying event, and political killings are just... They're just awful. They're just absolutely awful. And it seems particularly devastating for a country usually so lacking in violence, or as according to ultra-nationalist Abe, without even a history of violence, as during his time as Prime Minister, he whitewashed most of past wartime atrocities and pushed for rebuilding Japan's army. So I suppose really the most respectful thing that people could do to honour his memory is just forget that anything happened at all. Meanwhile, over in Sri Lanka, tens of thousands of people stormed the residencies of the president and prime minister after the country fell into bankruptcy. That, of course, could never happen in Britain because the people in charge here have so many homes no one would know where to turn up to. And lastly, Conservative MP and Rowley and Grange Hill, Jamie Wallace, was found guilty of driving offences. Still, he will go very far in the party for following their ethos of failing to stop a crash and then running away when it looks really bad. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, this podcast has outlasted three prime ministers. Can you believe that? It started way back in Davy Cameron times, which is horrifyingly only six years ago, even though it feels like several billion years ago. And we're now here on the cusp of me having to find ways to describe Suella Bravman when all I can think of is fascist Sesame Street character. I know I've said that a lot. Um, it's all I can think of, right? I mean, I hope. I hope it isn't the case that she becomes leader. Um, you know, not just for my podcast descriptions, obviously, but also because it would be actually terrifying as so I guess it is probably likely. Although then you look at the other candidates and it's also fucking terrifying. I was going to do a rundown this week of all the candidates uh, for the biggest Tory country fucking prick shit show championship contest or whatever they're calling it. But it turns out that some of the candidates um, might not be by the time you hear this. And frankly, after last week's show going out of date about seven hours after it was released, wasn't going to risk that again. Nuh-uh. So I will do one next week, depending on who is left. And it doesn't matter who's left. It will be it will be awful. It's going to be so awful. Um, I hope it's brief, right? Uh, I was in Sheffield last week at the brilliant children's media conference full of lovely people who make telly and online uh, and stuff and uh, media the media conference. And it's all stuff for children and they all care about education and children. Um, and we were all there together having really lovely chats and really clever conversations uh, just as all the ministers started resigning. And it was both really weird to be somewhere where I had stuff to do and people to talk to and, and things to go to. Um, but all I wanted to do was kind of stay glued to the telly. But it was also really nice to be surrounded by people that all also think that Boris Johnson is a massive arsehole um, and, then, and then sort of sway to being so pleased the fucker would have to go to realising if he stayed the Tories would be totally decimated at the next election so that would have been good to then suddenly fearing what comes next it's so unfair that we just don't even get to enjoy a bit of it like I at least wanted his resignation speech to involve him crying a bit or tripping over and smacking his head um, on the podium just just something something to give us a little bit little bit of enjoyment oh well there you go Big thank you this week to James for the Kofi donation and to Lindsay for joining the Patreon. Um, I have no idea quite how much coffee I'm going to need over the next few weeks. Um, but, you know, if you fancy helping fund the caffeine, that means I don't run out of descriptions for Suella Bravman. Please do chuck something at the ko-fi.com forward slash parpolbro or even better, join the patreon.com forward slash parpolbro. Um, I mean, it is also too hot for coffee right now. Um, maybe I probably should do an iced coffee if I could be bothered. It's sort of too hot to do anything really um i don't want to you know i don't wanna make this episode too sexy but i am basically recording this in my pants right i mean that, i mean obviously i'm not just like I'm, I'm in a room as well i'm not just sort of i'm not like i haven't put the microphone in my pants that'd be i need really to stop talking and i hope now that you can continue listening to the rest of this episode even though you've got that image in your head but basically it's too it's just too hot isn't it you know maybe while you're listening ice your headphones uh, pop them in the freezer for a bit drive your car into a lake if that's how you listen to it no don't do that that's really really unhelpful advice not everyone can just abandon a car like jamie wallace so please please ignore that um 
Oh, it is toasty. There is no interview this week because I had no time to fit one in. And the next few weeks will also be silly busy. Um, and then, of course, parliamentary recess. So the show will be on a break because there will be nothing to talk about except for probably leadership. I'll, I'll probably do some. We'll see how it goes. But look, um, you know, there'll be shouts. There'll be shouts. There'll be other bits. And until then, enjoy the horror show if you can. I mean, I can't. It's terrifying. But, you know, just if you can. We're trying to find the next worst possible person to lead the Conservative Party. The party will have a new glorious leader whose boots we will kiss even if they shoot a dog in the street in cold blood, though preferably it will be while on horseback. The nation will have a new Prime Minister to continue lowering the life expectancy of everyone else. We must choose this person with blinkered vision, or we might realise there is no good choice here, or even an okay choice, or even a terrible choice. In an ideal world, all of the candidates would be put in a big pit with a lid on top, and we'd all pretend we knew nothing about it and move on. We must choose not just for ourselves, but... Oh, no, wait, sorry. As the Tory party, we must choose for ourselves and no one else. This leader will colour every aspect of our institutions by underfunding them till they collapse. They will determine our ambition as a nation, which will be mostly to make sure every other country really hates us. In this contest, there will be a focus on policy and what they will say they'll do, but never ever actually do it. But there must be a focus on who we are. I have no idea, but last time I looked in the mirror, I couldn't see myself and then I realised that was the windscreen as I drove into a tree. It will affect both our reputation of our government and of our country, but as that is already shot to shit, I can't imagine it will affect it much. These are the values of our country. Freedom, fairness, courage, having rivers full of shit and piss, lying about stuff, tea, racism, and trying to make sure James Corden stays in America and doesn't ever come back. Conservatives do not have a monopoly on good people and good ideas, just on all of the property and the wealth, which means good people and good ideas can't eat or stay warm. We are the most successful party in our nation's history because first past the post is awful and we have more money than anyone else to spend on social media. Our greatest heroes include a lot of people who absolutely hate us. Our greatest impact is when we manage to upset people of all generations at once. We feel these values keenly. These are why we serve, ourselves that is, why we vote for ourselves, why we volunteer other people to do things for us, why we give others opportunities to have massive public contracts despite no relevant experience, and why we want to be a force for good. Sorry, good lobbyists. These values matter more now than at any time in our history, because after the last 12 years of us, everything is really, really fucked. They must be upheld by our leaders, or at least said that they will be, and then not carried out. When it comes to leadership, we must change our approach. We need a return to confidence, even though that's the one thing that most of our leaders have far too much of, with no other discernible skills. We need a return to clear policies, or indeed just any policies. We need more than just a plan. No, actually, a plan would be really good. That would be a novelty, in fact. We need teamwork to deliver it so that we can say, actually, it wasn't them, we did it instead. So choose your leader not because you agree with everything they say, 
Choose them because you trust their motives or because they'll definitely give you a peerage when you fuck up all of education. Our leadership has to change. It needs to become a little less about the leader and a lot more about the ship which needs a leader because otherwise it will sink and I'm that leader, make it about me. I'm Penny Morton, I wish you were dead, so do you. And that's it for this week's Partly Political Broadcast podcast. Um, though you never know, it may just hang around till autumn to upset you. If you need this weekly despairing via the means of comedy and swearing in your life, then why not give someone else the gift of knowing it exists, not least because it's a free gift and that you don't spend money on something they'll hate. You could, of course, also donate to the Kofi or join the Patreon and maybe even give this show a lovely five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a similar house of pods. Nice one to Acast, my brother Last Skeptic and Cat Day, and this will be back next week when in a surprise announcement, the last two Conservative leadership candidates have to fight each other with pugil sticks, but Rishi Sunak hires someone else to do his and gets disqualified, while Liz Truss thinks hers is a big cotton bud and knocks herself out trying to pop it in her ear for a photo op. Bye! This week's episode was sponsored by Johnson Remover. Have you got a Boris Johnson that just will not leave? Use Johnson Remover. One squirt and the sounds, are you my dad, will ring out across the abode, causing him to fly out of the window. Warning does not remove any stains that may be left on the country. Hi. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode, and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.